This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Nerd Dad Podcast. Oh, Dad, you're embarrassing me again. Dad, do that. Hey, thanks for stopping by. This is normally where I say thanks for stopping by for a short 5, 10, 15 minute visit. But uh, today's episode ran a little long. I had a really good chat with uh, Sham, and you know him better as At Home With Peanut from Twitter. And uh, legitimately all the prep work I had done, uh, me and him had talked about. I had said, you know, I keep them, I keep them short. We'll probably be talking 15, 20 minutes. Um, I ended up talking to him for, uh, over a half hour. We just, we just got along <laughs> and, and we were having a really good conversation. So, uh, I've cleaned it up and I got it down to, I think a reasonable 22 minutes, but, uh, this will be the longest episode to date. And I look forward to talking to him again in the future. So here that is. Enjoy. All right. So I'm here with Sham. You probably know him better as at home with peanut. He's a bit of a Twitter celebrity. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to say that. 20,000 followers on Twitter and regularly featured on Huffington Post for his humorous takes on parenting uh, and marriage life, as well as uh, he is a, a a social activist. He's part of a board. He's a board member for the Freedom Fighters for Justice, which is a social justice and equality organization. He joins me here today. Thank you so much, Sham. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, buddy. Um, so uh, I think what we'll do is we'll start with something lighthearted. So 20,000 followers on Twitter. It, it's significant. I, yeah, I'm curious. How, 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 did, how did you do it? When did you start? Uh, let's see. I started back in March of 2017, I want to say. So okay. a few months after my second kid was born, um, I kept seeing you know, parents tweeting, you know, stuff about their kids and their their daily interactions with their kids. And I'm like, oh, it's a pretty funny. I'm like, my kids are pretty funny right now, all the stuff they I'm dealing with. So well, let me give this a shot. <laughs> and yeah, it just, it's, I'm almost four years in. It's incredible that I've reached to this point. I didn't ever, I never expected it to be, to take off like this. When was there, was there a moment when you kind of like, were, I, 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 this is happening. I'm, I'm, I'm a thing now. I'm in the club. I think once uh, Huffington Post followed me. I remember the day um, a couple of years back when all of a sudden I saw them follow me. I was like, oh, okay, this is that's that's pretty cool. I was featured a few times already, and they started following me. I was like, okay, okay. I guess I guess my tweets really don't suck that much. <laughs> as much as I think they, they don't, do. man. They really don't. <laughs> um, I I have only been on Twitter like I've been on and off Twitter with various profiles throughout the years, but since I kind of got into parenting Twitter. Uh, similar to you, I you know, second child was born, and all of a sudden I found myself on there reading the tweets and thinking, man, my kids are kind of dumb. I can I can tweet about them, and, <laughs> and and then I found yours, right? And I, mm-hmm. I I recognized your name from the Huffington Post articles, which always have like you know the 37 best tweets about kids and chocolate or whatever the hell it is, and <laughs> your name was always there. 
And I, was, I started following you. And not only did I find them funny, obviously they're, they're hilarious, but they're relatable. And, and there is, I like to say that people can smell authenticity and, and there's an authenticity with regards to your tweets and, and what you, what you say. So, uh, you know, congrats on that. Um, have you had any kind of like weird interactions on Twitter? Like where you're like, eh, okay, I'm going to block you. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. I, I especially really? with someone like you said, I, I, I try to keep, I try to keep, you know, keep it real with the tweet because, you know, parenting, you know, you, you love your kids and there's moments when you're just like, okay, just, just leave me alone. <laughs> I need a break, you know? So I try to, I try to relate those moments in my tweets that, you know, a lot of parents might be feeling, but they might not feel comfortable saying themselves. So yeah, a, a lot of times I'll get, um, the social media trolls that come out and they're just like, Oh, well, you know, you got to cherish these moments and da, da, da. And it's like, well, I cherish some of the moments, but some of them, man, it's just like, okay. <laughs> some of it's Everybody's a grind, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I always feel, I, I feel guilty sometimes as well. I'm like, I should be cherishing this, but he's kind of being a dick. Like, my, yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's, uh, like even, even tonight. And just for those who are listening, um, we are recording this uh, nine o'clock at night uh, because we both are involved in the bedtime routine at our respective houses. And after an hour, I gave up and I said to my wife, I'm like, you got to finish this off. Cause I, I can't, it's not working for me tonight. Um, and she came in in like 15 minutes and closed the deal. And I'm like, Oh, I should have sent you in earlier. Right. <laughs> yeah. I get that, man. Cause yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it just, some nights it's your night and most nights it's theirs. <laughs> you know, it's just most of the time they're just going to act crazy. Like mine is that crazy at that time. They they can be perfectly fine, you know, for most of the day. And then nighttime hits and they just, it's like another switch. They they catch their second wind or something and crawling the walls and, you know, hanging from the ceiling fan, spinning around and <laughs> jumping. <laughs> I, I'm curious, how old are yours? How, what, what's the age, what's the separation? Uh, five and three. Five and three. So yeah, they're at that that perfect age right now where they are learning how to argue with each other constantly. <laughs> it's just constant. It's you know, he's doing this to me and he's doing this back to me and pop 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 pop. It's, yeah, all all the time, all day. <laughs> just come. Yeah. Out. And you're like, I, I know because mine are five and two, so very very similar in age. And you're mm-hmm. trying to tell the five year old, you're like, but that's what you did to me. <laughs> that's what you were doing to me. And now you have a little version of you doing it to you. This is what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I tell it to my five year old all the time. I'm like, look, man, you used to do this stuff all the time. You're you're the one he learned it from. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah, he's not as smart yet. Right. <laughs> exactly. God. Exactly. Yeah. So twenty thousand yeah, followers. Uh, Huffington Post. Is there any other publication that's kind of picked you up or reached out to you at all? Uh, I know I've been in BuzzFeed a few times. Um, sometimes they'll put out the parenting tweets or the relationship tweets. And I, I think I've been in there a few times in some of the, uh, you know, some um, maybe I guess I hate to say it like this, but I guess the ones that don't get as much publication or or as, as aren't as popular. But hey, the way I look at it is, hey, I love, I I find it an honor to be featured on any. With like, I still love getting a hundred likes on a tweet. <laughs> okay, I mean, fair I just, enough. I'm 
I'm just, I'm, I always get excited whenever I get that, you know, because, you know, there, you see so many tweets out there that just go viral, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30. Honestly, I really don't care about those. I just, I like, I approach it that I, if I can make a few people laugh every day, I'm good with that. I I just like to be able to share that humor and hopefully somebody can relate to it. And, you know, if they're having a bad day, that they can just be like, oh, you know what? I got to laugh at this and now I can recharge myself a little bit, handle my kids or my relationship a little better. Very noble of you. Very well put. I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to top that in any way whatsoever. You may, you may, you make tweeting sound noble, like, and, and most people are just throwing shit at the wall, hoping it sticks to your point to go viral. Um, I don't think many have put this, the same thought that you have into the idea of like, look, I'm going to help some people. This is therapy for some people to get them through the day. And, and you know, how noble is that? Yeah, and I'll be honest, it's therapy for me, too, because, you know, it's sometimes, especially being, um, I, I'm a stay-at-home dad, so and I've been doing it for over five years now, and it's like, it's you're the only parent here, so you might not always get to, you know, be able to chat with your spouse throughout the day, and you have to wait till nighttime, and who knows how long that's going to be with, you know, the craziness of bedtime we just, we just talked about, so I think for me, too, tweeting just became like a therapeutic thing, you know, it, it's the situation might not be funny right then, but I tweet about it and all of a sudden I'm like, okay. And other people are laughing with me and it kind of eases the pressure, I think on parenting a little bit. The community involvement, right? It, it takes a village, right. that whole, that whole social experiment. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Man, I, I, I appreciate the hell out of the fact that you are a stay at home dad. I, I couldn't do it. I, I really couldn't. Um, I, and I, I hope you hear this all the time because I am constantly kind of, um, I will commend anyone who takes that much of a of a lead in their children's lives. Um, it is it is hard uh, to yeah, be it's, on all of the time. Yeah, it, it's a challenge, man. Because um, my mother did it, and she did it with four boys, and I still don't know how she did it. <laughs> I'm barely getting by with two, <laughs> and um, I think I got my patience from her. Yeah, she just had always, always had this patience about her, you know, dealing with us, myself and my brothers, and we were a handful uh, growing up. So I think I developed that patience just from her and just kind of just, I don't know, I siphoned it off of her or what growing up. But I, I definitely am the patient parent, and I think that's what <laughs> a lot of it uh, geared towards. We decided, you know, we going to stay on with them. But it, 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 honestly, I mean, there's just so many horror stories you hear out there. And I understand when parents can't do it, nobody can stay at home because you have to work. Um, we were just lucky enough to be like, you know what, we can do it. Let's try it. See how it works out. And I was just like, I'll take the lead. I'll do it. I'll, I'll stay at home, take care of the kids and see how this works out. And so far, so good. Well, it sounds like you've adapted to it. And, and I think this is a perfect segue into the other things that you do in your spare time. Um, so freedom fighters for justice. Um, I, I looked. I looked at the website today. You guys do very good work. You're fighting the good fight, um, as yeah. well as the fact that when I when I you know uh, you know I do my homework. I looked into it. You've got your bachelor's in criminal justice, and and you have got this this education to kind of support not just your hobby or your interest. It's you you are educated on the matter. Um, so so tell us a little bit about the Freedom Fighters for Justice. 
Yeah, so we, we got started um, last year. It was a group of us that met through local protests down here in uh, South Florida. And, uh, you know, we just started communicating and, you know, talking through social media and then talking when we were out there protesting. Um, and we decided just kind of, you know what, we could we could do something. We can make a change together as, as individuals. We come together and put our ideas together and try to, to create something. So, yeah, we, we started putting it together and we started talking about, you know, what, what issues are we going to tackle. So we, we try out at first supporting local black-owned businesses, you know, that a lot of people might not have known about or heard, you know, heard about and try to lift them up a little bit, give them some, some, um, support. Um, and then we started doing things like going to different neighborhoods, uh, low-income neighborhoods and, and talking to the residents there and seeing exactly what issues are going on in, on the street level, you know, that's, you know, what issues they're having in terms of maybe housing, um, in terms of not being heard by their local government, uh, issues with the local police departments, or even if the good things, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to hear it all. And we were trying to collect all that data and, and give it to the local city officials. Uh, right now we're trying to work with the local sheriff department and try to get some more transparency with them. Uh, part of the group is also trying to fight against the, the governor down here has put out a legislation about um, an anti-protest bill, which it's 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 language pretty much, uh, not to dive too much into it, but it pretty much is trying to create more pushback against people who protest. Uh, the language they're saying against rioters, but if you read more into it, it's really geared towards more of the Black Lives Matter protesters. So we're trying to educate people locally about that as well, just to know, just so they know exactly what to expect and try to find ways to fight it. So yeah, we're, we're trying to do a lot. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you know, it's um, it's impressive the agenda. Um, it, it's impressive that it went from like-minded individuals at protests um, to getting together and and narrowing the scope and the focus that will allow you to create more more real change. Um, so just fantastic work and the uh the idea of the language um being manipulated to maybe kind of hide the Mm -hmm. true intentions of a of a bill um Mm -hmm. it's uh it's frustrating because it's the the people in power are, are are taking that opportunity and uh and betting on the fact that people won't read the fine print uh similar Similar to an iTunes, uh, you know, disclosure, you, you'll just hit accept and move on. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's it's right. It's you, you kind of hope that someone's not reading the fine print and and realizing that they've kind of signed away their life or their rights. So um, I, I'm 
I, I struggle to find the right word, um, but I, I do commend you and uh, for, for doing that and trying to be a, create a bit of a checks and balance in your community because uh, whether or not the people in that area know it, you're doing good and you're, uh, and, and you're, and you're fighting the good fight. And that's the important part. And you and I have been talking a little bit as we kind of built up to this conversation that it's mm-hmm. about, it's about the conversation. As long as people are right. talking about it, it's, it keeps the conversation going and it moves the needle, but the complacency yeah. can't, can't go exactly, back to it. Just yeah. cause, just cause Trump's no longer the president. <laughs> you can't, you can't stop. Right. And I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, it was honestly like a sigh of relief. I mean, it was a huge sigh of relief for a lot, including me when he was, he's no longer there. Biden and Harris are in there now. But I think, I think a lot of people have taken too big of a sigh of relief. They're just like, oh, we won. It's like, well, we, let's pump the brakes on that real quick because we haven't (laughs) won yet. I mean, there's, (laughs) there's a lot going on still that, you know, Trump is still has, has a lot of supporters in power. And that's an issue. And Trump himself could possibly take office again. And that's another issue. It's 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 still around. So we'll we'll kind of let's let's pivot into that real quick, and then and then we'll wrap up here. But look, when it, when I saw that there were, and as a Canadian, as as a Canadian who who watches CNN all the time, is a is a disciple of John Stewart, John Oliver, and now Trevor Noah. Um, I, 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 I'm keenly attuned in tune with the, um, the American political system. So I, I never in a million years thought this second impeachment was going to go anywhere. Um, I just feel like the GOP itself is, they're having their own kind of mini civil war. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that their, I think the strategy, if they're, if they're, if they are serious about taking power ever again in the future, I think the strategy is all wrong because, they're trying to shore up that 75 million that voted for Trump and they're ignoring the 80 million that voted for Biden. I just, it doesn't make right. any sense to me whatsoever. Um, but your thoughts on, on the fact that, look, they went through the process and they held the impeachment and there was a bit of a foregone conclusion. What, what are your thoughts on that whole process? Well, it's, it's like you said, I, I know before it happened that it, there was going to be nothing of it. And that's in the sense that, you know, they weren't going to condemn him to the point where he needed to be. Um, and and living in the state of Florida, that's worrisome because you have somebody like our governor DeSantis here, who is basically mini Trump. Um, and we lost Florida lost the election basically because we it it went red. It voted for Trump, so it's very. It's very nerve-wracking for me personally because there is a lot of Trump supporters in this area. And the fact that he has a chance to hold public office again, to run again, is worrisome because his support's going to be there for not only him, but all of his his cronies out there as well. Um. And the fact that a lot of his supporters are, were the white supremacists is also worrisome as well. I mean, just like down the street from me, um, practically in the same neighborhood, there's somebody that still has their 20 foot tall Trump flag up on a pole in the middle of the yard. (laughs) To this day, they put it up 
uh, towards the end of last year. Still up there flying it proudly. And that's just it. It's not going away. He's not going away. His ideals aren't going away. So I think if at least if he had been in, impeached and convicted, it would have it wouldn't have it wouldn't have taken away his presence, but it would have eroded it a little bit. At least we know that okay, we don't have to deal with him again for the most part. Yeah, I, um, it, some something you said there struck a nerve with me, which is his ideals. Um, it's I think the ideals were always there. They just they yeah. found a pal they found a palatable person to to bring them to right. the forefront. They found a person yeah. that the media didn't mind showing, um, and they didn't they found a they found someone that you know was entertaining, and it just completely blew up in everybody's faces. Um, but I yep. think the ideals were always were always there. Um, exactly, and I, yeah. and I can't imagine um, being in your shoes seeing that flag every day and going, yeah, well, that person it, doesn't, this person doesn't want me here. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's never as, as a person of color, you know, with, with, uh, with two little boys too growing up and one of them's going to be you know, starting school soon. And it's just, it's all these things playing in my mind now. And it's just like, it's, it's scary. You know, it's, it was bad enough for myself worrying personally, but you know, I've been dealing with it for a long time, but now I got two little kids that you know, they they might get made fun of or picked on or ridiculed for their names or their, the way they look, and it's just I. It's as a parent, it's that's that's the time it's going to be scary for me personally, and you know, being that being not, not able to be there for them every day when they're out there by themselves, it's it's worrisome, given what we've seen so far, just this past year, uh, in this country. Yeah, I um, look. I, I my my wife is a minority. Um, she's Asian. I, I obviously can't relate to what you've been going through, and and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is to to give you a, give you a voice and give you another platform to express the thoughts that you just had. Um, but I can tell you that the the feeling of being uncomfortable is is palpable. Um, even on an international scale, like my wife and I, before COVID, we used to like to travel. Um, but four years ago when Trump was elected office and we started to see the way mm-hmm. things turned, we started to pick and choose which States we would go to in a different manner because, yeah. you know, look, are, are we going to have a problem or is she just going to feel uncomfortable to your point, seeing a Trump flag and saying, I don't know what this person's going to do if they see me. Um, right. Yeah. And I, I can remember when we were, we were on a cruise and I saw uh, a, a guy with a make America great hat. And I was like, really? Even on the cruise, like you're, you're going to another country. You're going, you're, you're <laughs> leaving America. Uh, um, all right, I guess, I guess, you know, you want to support, show that you're going to go to another country and say, I don't want you here either, but do what you got to do. Right. Uh, exactly. so, <laughs> um, look, I, I hope we, I hope you and I actually get to converse more in the future. I really enjoyed this chat. Um, and I appreciate your time tonight, champ. Um, if, if, is there anything else you want to plug? 
Um, no, I think I think that's about it, man. And uh, you know, I appreciate the chance to be able to talk with you. It was I enjoyed the chat too, man. It was great, and, and likewise, I hope we we can do this again sometime soon. For sure. If I uh, if I ever need if I ever need a take on a Florida man, I'll be reaching out to you. <laughs> I I see stuff every day. Like stories are true. <laughs> the stories are so true. Oh my god. Oh, you could probably do a few podcasts on that. <laughs> I'm, you know what? It would not surprise me if someone has already cornered the market on a Florida man podcast where they just real Florida man headlines. Um. And if there is, I'm going to find it and listen to it. It sounds like it's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Sham, we're going to get you out of here on that. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Uh, if you're listening, it's at home with Peanut. You can find him on Twitter. The odds are you're already following him, but in the off chance you're not, follow him. He's a great follow. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How great was that chat? Legitimately. Sham and I could have talked all day. You know, there are just people that you meet them, and I didn't even meet them. I just talked to them. But you just realize, like, yeah, we could have a beer, <laughs> and, and and we could we can get along just fine. That's uh, that was definitely the vibe I was getting, and uh, and I appreciate his time. So thanks again, Sham, at home with Peanut. Uh, I also want to thank the listener. You know, I always like to thank you. This little podcast has crossed over one thousand downloads. 1,000 times this crappy little podcast has been downloaded. Um, so if you've taken your time to listen, thank you. If you've told a friend, thank you. If you've shared or retweeted this in any way, thank you. I, I do greatly appreciate it. And that's uh, that's very sincere um, from a middle-aged white guy who is chasing a childhood dream. And that's uh, the most sincere way of putting it. So thank you. You can hit me up on all my socials at that nerd dad Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, DeanBlundell.com. Again, I'm always there, and my and my thanks to them and for their support. So uh, we'll be talking. Be well. Be safe. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. <laughs>